Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and we are November the 27th and uh, we're still going to talk some gardening. There's a little bit going on. I have Terry with me. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Mar Good morning, Merle. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Good, good. How we're, uh, I see we're, we're, we're starting to sell some Christmas trees and uh, poinsettias. All that kind of yeah. fun stuff. Lots of trees going out yesterday. Yeah, you bet. The season is upon us. And, yeah, it looks really, really nice down there. It smells great, too. Um, but, yeah, lots of trees uh, finding homes. And um, I joked to, to one family yesterday as they were leaving, they had the tree tied to the uh, top of the car. Um, yeah. And all the, all the kids were piled in the car. And I said, I said, there's your Christmas card right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we had a. We had a little Deco uh, Toyota Tacoma showed up, and he had to pick up uh, a 16-footer, a 14-footer, and uh, and 10 six-footers. <laughs> we we got it all in his truck and got him off. So he right sent to the Northwest Calgary. So we uh, we got him set up. And if you are looking for the bigger ones, um, we still have quite a few 12-footers, but the tall ones seem to go really quickly. Um, so we do have a few 12 foots left and we are doing only the Western Canadian trees this year. We only have the Douglas fir, um, but they're a premium Douglas fir. They're gorgeous. Um, again, a lot of it, there's a shortage of the larger ones and the prices were just going crazy. Um, so we decided to stay local, do Western Canadian and, uh, and it helps with the carbon footprint and all that fun stuff. So, and it keeps our prices definitely a lot more reasonable. We were able to lower our Christmas tree price by 15 to 20% um, over last year. So I was pretty happy to be able to do that, pass on the savings to to everybody wherever we yeah, can. So, and you're getting a nice tree. And actually, I think I might do, I have a, we have quite a few of the jack pine as well. And uh, I think I might try one of those this year. They're kind of, it gives you a little bit more openings, um, not quite as thick, but uh, give you that little bit of a, of a a true Western Canadian Christmas tree, Christmas, and yeah. and that's what we have. Right, we can't grow yeah. Fraser firs here, so um, exactly. you're getting yeah. So I I'm, I know we've had a couple people come through that were a little bit disappointed, and uh, but I think they would have been more disappointed if they would have seen some of the prices I'd have to charge. So. Um, <laughs> And uh, so if it, it's just so hard to, like, what's happening is all the tree farms are, are getting passed down to their families. And as, as the farmers get older and, and the lands just become too valuable. So there's more and more people getting out of the Christmas tree business. And, and, and for so many years, the prices have never gone up on a tree. So it's uh, those farmers, they grow those seven, eight foot trees and they're making the same money they're making 20 years ago. So right. um, they, they finally got the supply and demand. And a lot of it is freight. I know there's another guy in town here. I was chatting with him. He has, he has close to $20,000 just in freight. Um, he brought in a bunch from the east. And it's uh, that's a lot of money you got to pass on to the price of your tree. Um, oh, huge. Yeah, it, for sure. Yeah. So it's... It's it's tough, so and again we're we're all battling that uh, fuels and fuel surcharges with our freight companies and things like that. So 
um we got to be um thoughtful of where we're where we're spending our freight and how and how much you can pass on so um anyways um we're, we're very happy with with what we have and uh and doing the western canadian douglas fir and the jack pine so um we got quite a few in so we we don't have a shortage but i know even along mcleod trail there used to be that big lot on heritage drive it's gone there's still a couple um along the on mcleod trail but their footprints have definitely shrunk and uh then a couple out on sarcy trail there um they just don't have the same amount of trees as what they used to have it's just they're just not available and the pricing is is you can't afford to have an extra hundred that you throw out at the end of the at the end of christmas because it's not like an inventory item you can pile up and uh and 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 store for next year once yeah. once it's done it, it's done so mm -hmm. and uh the point said is we got i i would say pretty close best ever um really happy with our grower on our poinsettias um and the and the princetia i'm a new fan of that i'm usually not a huge fan of the pink in that but it's like a pure pink and a pure white um and they have a nice pointed leaf um those are gorgeous so lots of lots of great greens and the ladies of course um chris and and val and my wife carolyn and uh Actually, my daughter Jaden was in there yesterday making gnomes, and they make uh, so we make all that stuff in house, all our arrangements. So, um, lots of great stuff, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it gets you into the festive season. Now we're going to get a little bit of cold weather and a little bit of snow again, so that'll uh, help make us feel way more festive, right, Terry? <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing yeah. like freezing at minus twenty that makes you feel more festive. Right? <laughs> Let you know Christmas is right on the doorstep. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I was just looking to to see when I can get away to Mexico <laughs> this morning. So <laughs> looking at that forecast, I go, I got to get out. Yeah. Uh, anyways, if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255. And uh, we did get a bunch of those wax amaryllis as well, Terry, I see. <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they're uh, they're fun, fun, uh, fun thing. Just no water. Just uh, take them out of the package and prop them up on the shelf. And uh, yeah, the the bloom they, they stay a little bit smaller. They're not as, as uh, don't, don't grow quite as large as the yeah. the bulb um, in soil amaryllis. But uh, yeah, and another fun thing uh, for kids. We were chatting mushrooms last week for kids, and and I saw those. Uh, <clears throat> waxed amaryllis and i thought kids might get a kick out of those too yeah actually we were i think we got our mushrooms restocked we we, we were going through quite a few of those kits oh did we really yeah okay. so we uh we had another order i think it arrived or will be arriving but we still had a pretty good selection of of the mushrooms and uh <clears throat> for all you soccer fans like canada has already scored they scored in the first two minutes so I'm not a huge soccer fan, but once you strap a Canada flag on somebody, I kind of become a fan no matter what they're doing. So uh, go Canada, go on this one. And uh, it was kind of neat to see the first two minutes we scored a headbutt into the right into the corner. So that was a way to use his head. So that was a good one. So and uh, yeah, those guys are in good shape though. Lots of running. <laughs> so. 
Anyways, where are we at for time? We're at 9.14. And again, one quick question here. Someone asked me, do I still have my old Ford truck? Uh, we used to decorate it out front for Christmas. Actually, I ended up selling that, and we're kind of looking at uh, trying to find something else to to get. I'm looking at one right now to try to get as a spruce-it-up truck um, that we can slap our logo on it. So um, we're always keeping our eyes open for that, but had a guy who admired it, and he said he had to have it, so he, he uh, kind of talked me out of that. So we, we ended up selling the old Ford truck, so. Uh, we'll see if we can get another one out front um, for people. to, And it's always good to put those into the Christmas thing. I know Mark from our printed up, he has an old truck sitting in his garage that he says he's going to fix up one day, Terry. <laughs> and, and his wife is wanting that parking spot. And uh, so I've been talking to him. I said, they'll make a, one hell of a planter out front if we <laughs> if bring it to, to the park. store. Yeah. You need to go for yeah, Mark's wife and... Make her an offer. Yeah. yeah, I think if I just showed up with a tow truck, I think I could probably <laughs> wheel that out of the garage pretty easily. So Mark will see it there on Monday morning. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Again, if you want to call us, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. All right, and we do have a couple callers. If you want to get in on that, you can talk or text at 403-974-8255. Right now, we're going to go to Marty. Good morning, Marty. Morning, guys. Good morning. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, good. How can we help you? I'm calling about my wife's lemon tree, so I'm calling on behalf of her. So I just have a few uh, points I want to ask you to make sure I have them all. Uh, It's a a two-and-a-half-year-old lemon tree. Um, We had lemons on it last year. Put it on the deck. It's west-facing. So we put it on the deck around June when it warms up, take it in in September. Um, We bring it in in September, and we put it in a grow tent. And right now it's losing all of its leaves. It has four lemons on it. Um, mm-hmm. We fertilize it with um, uh, Rage Plus, and the tent is set at about 23 Celsius, and it runs 14 hours on, 10 hours off. With is light? it normal for it to lose leaves? Yeah, they they do go through a shedding process every so often. Okay. Um, so that is somewhat different because it, when it comes from outside. Um, and that's quite a transition just to go into a stable tent environment. Okay. So sometimes that will trigger um, some foliage drop. Like I had mine, it looked like a stick. Yeah, um, that's what hers looks like. <laughs> like yeah, six months ago. And uh, you can't see through it right now. It, it's just full of leaves. So just be patient. Let it go through its little cycle, drop the leaves, um, and then just give it a couple good waterings so you can flush it right through. They do okay. like the thirty ten ten. I know Rage Plus is great for a lot of that stuff, okay. um, but but they do like the thirty ten ten. They like the little bit more acidic, and a little bit more nitrogen, and there's enough of the like the thirty ten ten of the phosphate in the middle number to help with the blooming and that. So, so how often are you feeding the thirty ten ten? Um, once a month. Once a month. Yeah, okay. is, is lots. And you flushing it and, through. Yeah, what I do, well, actually, I don't flush it with fertilizer. Whenever I fertilize, sort of, if it's once a month or every couple months, water it first, okay. and then 
um, mix up a like a liter of fertilizer and then just pour that in. Okay. And, and then it just that way you don't waste so much fertilizer. So this doesn't run out. And also, you just don't want to burn your roots, so you want to get them moist first, and then apply the fertilizer. Okay, so that's the other question. So it's just in a regular uh, container, you know, when we bought it from the store. Yeah. Can we transplant those, or are they pretty finicky where you, we don't touch those? No, like they they don't mind at all. And right now would be a great time because it's already in a bit of rough shape. Yeah. Um. So I I definitely go get yourself a nice terracotta a clay pot they like them and they like it a little bit taller than wider so they okay. like a little bit more of a cylinder type pot okay um get yourself a nicer good good potting soil and uh and transplant that at this time of year it'll be perfect okay. um and this when you do the transplanting water it really well like after you're done let the water come out the bottom and then just leave it for a couple of weeks sort of thing you'll probably won't need to water it for two weeks or more because okay. um, the days are shorter with all that new soil. Yeah. And then just do your regular watering after that. Let it dry in between waterings, but not too dry. Okay. And yeah. uh, you should be good to go. And am I good at the 14 on, 10 off hour setting? Or um, a little high? It's probably a little bit high, probably even like 12, 12. And they okay. kind of go through, they, they don't mind going through the winter, like a little bit lower days. Okay. So you, you can divert because... They do need a bit of a rest period too. That's sort of why when it when it shuts down like that, it's it's almost like saying, "Hey, I just need a I need a little bit of a break," and then they rejuvenate themselves with a bunch of new foliage. And okay, well, we'll transplant it and we'll turn some uh, turn the hours back on a little bit. Yeah, and this because mine's just starting to bloom like crazy too right now, so I got lots of great blooms, and uh, I try to keep it in as much light. But I'm we're I just have I'm just using the natural light, so we're just going through the the normal. I think what are we getting? It gets light at eight in the morning till right. four or five in the afternoon. Yeah, sort I of don't thing. have that. We put shade on our uh, on our west window, so I have to do the tents. But I'll just knock it back on the amount of amount of uh, light they're getting, and we'll try that. All right. Okay. Good luck with that, it. and uh, that should be good. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care. Thanks, Marty. Um, hey, Terry. I see uh, Marie had sent us a uh, an email, and also I'll forward it to you. She has some – also, I don't know if she included it. She also sent us a text there. Um, I'll forward it to you, and then you can have a look. She has uh, some issues with a juniper that's just uh, – looks like it's drying out on her a little bit. So if you can have a look at that, and we can see if we can help her out. And let's go to David. Good morning, David. Good morning. Hey, how can we help you? Well, I got a question there. All the places have got uh, bins full of uh, tulips and such and uh, <laughs> discounting their price on them. Would they keep through the winter in a cold room and then plant them in the spring? Yeah, you need to cool them right off, though. Like, Oh, could almost put them yeah. in a frost-free fridge in the main part of the fridge? Yep, something like that would be great, and then plant them like or like late March. Yeah, and then a lot of them you could even just like get it blooming, and it, and then once it's done blooming, it grows and does its bloom. Um, you can just plant them outside. Oh, oh, so just uh, keep the bulbs in minimum soil and let them have a bloom inside. Yeah, let them go through a flash, grow, enjoy the flowers inside. Oh. Because you'll see in the springtime a lot of the places 
we'll force a whole bunch of bulbs and we get yeah. our spring bulbs daffodils tulips all that stuff yeah. so same thing they've stored them in cool storage but and then they, they plant them up and the force them that goes below zero um if, if you had them in a box like this with some peat moss or some a good potting soil yeah nice dry they'd be fine with that too and keep them over winter and then what plant them in the spring or same yeah. thing yeah just plant them in in pots like i said early or late march and the person would get a bloom it, on them would they yeah enjoy those and then once it's done blooming you can just plant those out into the garden then they'll go through their their oh, cycle yeah. of downloading through the summer yeah and then you've already planted them for fall then they'll just be there for next spring hmm. okay well, it would have been nice to get them in the soil now and have a bloom. Yeah, it's unfortunate because I know we had a bunch left over too. Actually, we, um, I know Cass Smythe from the Hort Society and, uh, and Janet Melrose, um, the cottage gardener, um, we donated a whole bunch to them and they came and picked them up. It's oh. just, um, we were, it's just so many people. It's a, unfortunately, it's a dying hobby a bit. Ah. People were we want instant gratification, yeah. And people have a hard time planting something, thinking I have to wait six months. So yeah, it's it's unfortunate because the bulbs are great. Like you, yeah, they're good. It's set, and it comes up every year. And if you and nothing like nice tulips popping through the snow, yeah. And uh, just this looks good, and it's yeah. and that's sort of the kickoff till spring. Yeah. So my big problem uh, out here is I I have to get netting on them because as soon as the blooms come up, the deer got them. Yeah, a product you can try too is Bobex. Uh, yeah, I've tried that, and uh, well, yeah. you got you keep... have to be pretty. Like as soon as they start coming up, you have to start spraying, and uh, and after each rain, yeah, because uh, um, they will they will last about a month if it doesn't rain or more. Yeah. But and once they start tasting it, they will definitely. Um, it does work really quite tend, well. Tend to keep them away. Yeah, I've been using the deer netting on most of my flower beds. That's about the only thing I can keep yeah. things growing. Yeah, <laughs> the, the nice thing with the bob so you can spray it right on your flowers too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it, the, it's it's really quite, it's a good good deterrent. Yeah, it, it's and, got a uh, pretty heavy odor to it too. Yeah, it does at first, but it, it dwindles away. Okay. Like it's not, yeah, It at first it definitely comes out. It's a strong herb-based product. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, like I, I've got a bottle of the, the, um, skid. And the, yeah, the plant skid it is it, it thickens up and it won't spray anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's a, that's coagulated blood though, right? It's a blood based product. Yes, it is. Yeah. So you can't use it directly on your flowers. Like okay. it's good for trees and, yeah. and perimeter spraying, um, when you mix it up with water Yeah. and, and but yeah, to spray it right on your flowers and that you just yeah. you end up with that red red tinge over oh, top yeah. of everything. So yeah. okay. Alrighty. Well, I guess I'll have to try that. <laughs> yeah, give it a try. All right, okay. thanks, David. Thank you. Take care. All right, we got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs and. I'm here with Terry Kemper as well. Hey, Terry, did you get a chance to look at that juniper? I did, yeah. She uh, She's saying that it was looking pretty good last week. Um, to me, it looks like a, that close-up picture, looks like it's just starting to really desiccate there. Sounds like she did yeah. everything right when she planted it, um, watered it well. Um, it is close to the foundation, so 
you know, any of those areas close to the foundation, you know, tend to be uh, areas that dry out a little quicker. Um, I know for, for me, I always have to pay special attention to the plants I have in that area <clears throat> under the drip line. So, No, absolutely. Yeah, and she has it right close, like you said, right close to the house. Yeah. Um, so this is an upright juniper, and it did start out green. There's a little bit left. But once it goes brown like that, it's pretty much uh, – it's pretty hard to recover it and get it to come back. So, Yeah, it's tough. I, it just has – has desiccated there i mean if she could try you know taking out a a watering can um depending on the area of the city she's in um possibly that's that soil up by the foundation tends to be sort of the last to freeze so yep. she might she might be able to get some water uh to absorb into that soil just water it slowly um yeah and and see possibly um a late planting on something like that evergreen um, if she was to go back, uh, possibly some wilt proof would have could have helped with that maybe. Um, especially in that first season, as it's you know trying to get established. Yeah, if um, it warms up a little bit today, if you haven't hit some of your tender evergreens with uh, with the wilt proof, um, today would be a good day to do that. If it gets to that plus yeah. five, um, just such definitely makes a big for, difference. Yeah, just cheap insurance for those um, for those tender evergreens that, uh, and like if she's newly planted, or some of the the, the fancier ones, definitely benefit Absolutely. from uh, from that application of, uh, of wilt proof. Yeah, and also your boxwoods, any of your tender evergreens, um, cedars, upright junipers, and it's amazing. Like when you and I went up to Olds last week. Um, just going that little bit north, they can start growing cedars. They get into red deer. Um, they can grow cedars a lot readily than than we can here. You'll okay. you still see some cedars that do great here. You get them in the right spot, things like that, and it, and it works out. But it, it's 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 tough. And what kills them? It's not the cold. It's the chinook. Yeah, it's those chinooks we love. <clears throat> the desiccation. Like you can even feel it um, just in the air. I know, like my throat today feels a little bit dry. Um, that we're supposed to get a little bit of moisture coming in, but this time of year it, it gets dry, and uh, and your plants outside, like you said, when they're growing close to the house, which is typically where you put a lot of those um, tender evergreens, a little bit closer, yep. they end up uh, just being in that dry area, and this and they desiccate really, really quite easily. So you gotta. Lots of extra water. The wilt proof makes a big difference. It's just, it's lip balm for your plants, and it and it does work, actually, really quite well. So, anyways, we're we're gonna move on. I'm gonna give. We're gonna see if Maria is there. Good morning, Maria. Hello. Hi there. How can we help Hi. you? Can you hear me? Absolutely. I have. Okay, I have a jade plant that's in an east facing window. It gets lots of sunlight it's a cold wall and a cold window just an old house it is growing new shoots but i'm wondering why the leaves at the bottom like turn brown where they attach to the main stem they get rough looking they get yeah. bump, bumpy yeah and that's just the like the old leaves will just like a, a branch they kind of get they'll defoliate some of the older stuff 
and 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 they'll drop their lower leaves um and then that pushes more energy up to the to the newer leaves so as as they grow they'll tend to drop some of the lower stuff and as they and just as they grow that's somewhat of a normal thing okay yep i I wouldn't worry too much and with your with your jade if you start getting branches that are just kind of taken off in one area don't be afraid to shape them and especially if they're a little bit smaller um this time of year is a great time to shape your jade and just do a little bit of pruning on it um they're really easy and then you can also propagate uh new jades really easy you just anything you cut off a leaf um you can almost just stick that in soil and they will propagate roots really really quite easy where would i make the cut above a set of leaves yeah just above it sorry uh, if you're looking at the leaf you'll go just below it um so you're not leaving a stub Yes. If that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And then that, when you peel it off, the bottom one that you cut off just below it, just peel that bottom set off, and you'll see a little nick in the the branch. That's where it'll send out new roots. So if you stick that in soil, it will, it'll start roots up really, really quite easily. Like they'd almost, I remember we'd propagate jades and the leaves would just fall into the gravel and they would leaf up, um, they would root up just sitting in the gravel by themselves. So they're, they're yeah. one that uh, that make propagation really quite easy. Yeah. Yeah, I did propagate this one from another plant. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah, don't be afraid. They're, they're very forgiving if you, if you prune them off, shape them a bit. They don't mind that at all. So. Is that true Alrighty. of almost black succulent? I have another succulent. Um, looks like it. Y- yeah, most succulents you can do that as well, um, except when you get into some of the cactuses. But yeah, I, I find the succulents are are very forgiving because they 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 break off really quite easy, um, and I, and that's just meant for for to propagate themselves in the desert, so the mm-hmm. the leaves can break off really quite easy, and and most of your succulents, yeah, you can shape them and do that with no problem at all. Oh. Thank you so much. All righty. Thanks, Maria. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you want to join uh, Terry and I, we're at uh, 403-974-8255. That is the talk and text line. Um, We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Roe Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to call us, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. That is the text, talk and text line. Um, and we've got a quick text here. Hi, regarding the Bobex, we have one deer here in Okotoks that we call Bucky, and he <laughs> eats right through it. We, we douse it with a really good Bobex, but he still eats through it, especially in the morning. Morning glory and uh, sweet peas, ha! Oh, Bucky, he's a he's a rough one. He got maybe he got his his uh, <laughs> taste glands that <laughs> his taste buds taken out, Terry. Yeah, he likes uh, hot sauce on his uh, morning glories. Um, yeah, I guess so. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I guess sometimes you get that one guy, same thing, right? You get uh, 
that one guy you can eat anything and uh, go through and has the rock gut, eh? no no issues. Um, unfortunately, we got Bucky in in Okotoks who has the has the rock gut and no taste. So away he goes. Because um, normally that that Bobex works very well. So um, un- unfortunately, I'm sorry to hear about old Bucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so he might need a, unfortunately, have to use the wire. There is a lot of deer in Okotoks, um, un- unfortunately. Um, they're sort of, actually, fortunately, unfortunately, but they're, they're, they do mix in quite readily um, when you're out in Okotoks. I see them all the time if we're out uh, doing any landscape projects or, or if I'm driving through, there's not too many days that you won't see a deer on your travels through Okotoks. Um, one other thing I was going to chat about, we we chatted about a blue cactus last week or a couple weeks ago. Um, it's not a blue Christmas cactus or a blue blooming cactus. It was just more the foliage, the flesh color of the of the leaves, I guess. Or not anyway, anyway, you don't call it a leaf. What do you call the main structure of a cactus, Terry? Um, I don't know. <clears throat> what, what what would you call it? Like the they're um <laughs> the trunk i guess or yeah yeah i'm not sure yeah whatever the main i guess the main the main branch the main structure of the of the cactus so we're just talking about that so you'll get um the color of that being a dark blue um and i think that's what uh one of our callers was looking for but it came across that i think um they thought we said a blue blooming Christmas cactus and typically they come we have some really nice peach color um, they're a mix between a pink and a yellow um, those are harder to get we have some really nice ones in right now um, reds pinks and whites typically is the colors you'll get in the zygo cactus in the Christmas mm-hmm. cactus <clears throat> at, at this time and uh, yeah to get a blue cactus I know in the flower industry like when you see a blue chrysanthemum or a pot mum what they've done is they've watered it with blue water like with food coloring and uh and then they they just get that going into the into the, the stems of the up, yeah yeah and then they'll turn blue or or if it was a yellow one sometimes they'll turn a green and things like that so they kind of mess with it with just experiment with different color water um to get it to change color and uh so Anyways, um, going outside, um, we're about to get into some a cold snap here. I, I did it. Like, I'm amazed at how fast the snow did melt um, in this last two weeks. I did a whole bunch of snow farming underneath my – I got five big spruce trees in my new place. Threw snow under there like crazy, and it's gone. Like it's <laughs> it's it's melted and and soaked right up by the spruce trees. So it's it's amazing at how fast um, they will just soak up that water. And we we had a good, we almost had twelve inches of snow, I think, in in that last couple of weeks ago. And we had a lot of snow, and it's yeah, it's gone. Yep. Yeah. So um, when we get the chance, we get a little bit of snow coming up, pile it up <laughs> around your your trees, but pull it away from the from the trunk, Terry, um, and. Just the, the mice get in there and they'll chew your trees up and just make a mess, eh? 
Yeah, and you won't notice it till till the spring when that tree's not leafing out. <clears throat> and uh, that's usually when you see that damage. So, yeah, be proactive and, and get that mulch away from the trunk. Um, and uh, hopefully you can avoid that. Um, slip on a um, removable, you know, plastic tree guard. Uh, they're only a yep. few dollars, but such again, you know, that that cheap insurance to make sure that come spring you're you're in good shape and you you don't have that heartache of realizing that you've lost a tree to to that you know being girdled by by mice or critters through through the yeah, winter. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, and it doesn't take much. Like they said, they they chew that off and it's buried. And then all of a sudden, when the snow melts, you're missing four to six inches of, of bark and a strip all the way around your tree, and that that will do the tree in. It it won't recover from that. It's uh, it uh, it's really tough on them. They'll they basically die. All the moisture goes out of there. You might get a they might survive a, a few months. That's I remember um, my neighbor that happened to him with eight, six or seven apple trees and chewed them off and just just made a mess of it and it was unfortunate and we, we do get a text here it says because whoever this was the week before asked us what to do with those um they were getting those fungus gnats on their on their uh host plants so that was last week they texted and got a text here this morning use the mosquito dunks on all my indoor plants and voila no more fungus gnats thank you again so it, it does work really quite well. And with the combination of slow down on your watering and and this cultivate the top of the soil a little bit to help it dry it out. And that will definitely combat those uh, dreaded little uh, fungus gnats in your soil, which they're annoying, right? You, they start flying all over. And then oh, if yeah, you're sitting they're... there at the table, they get uh, these little flies sort of going all over the place, which is, yep. yeah, it's not great. And I think we better take one more break. If you want to join us after the break here, um, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper, and he's from the the tree lot and uh, perennial house that we have down at Spruce It Up. And he's not in there at this time of year. He's ordering stuff for, for next season, getting ready for the for next spring. Um, if you want to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Um, I think we got a, a question here for you, Terry. I'm gonna we're gonna bring up Larry. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing this morning? We're doing great. Uh, how can we help you today? Okay, well uh, your arborist crew's coming out to do some shaping on a uh, an upright cedar and a, and a pine tree in our yard on the 13th. But uh, uh, the uh, upright cedar is right up against the house, and it's on a yep. cantilevered portion of the house. So the, the trunk is probably only maybe three feet away from the uh, the foundation. And, of course, okay. I don't know how well it freezes or, you know, how, how how long it takes for the uh, the frost to come out when we have these this nice weather that we've had? Uh, should I be watering that? Uh, you know. Uh, I'll let uh, Terry answer that one. Terry, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I'd really evaluate um, what that soil like is in that area. Um, take out a watering can uh, of uh, of water and just. Uh, just sprinkle that soil. See what it does. If it, um, you know, if it just runs off, and we know that 
that will tell you pretty quick that that soil's frozen okay and, and, and won't take in that water okay but uh, if you if you water that soil and it, I, I'm thinking because it's so close to the foundation like you say right it probably has not frozen that solid yet so you probably will get uh, some water um, soaking into that soil so I would definitely make sure that um, if that's the case I'd probably take out and is that probably 10, 12 feet high, that cedar? Yeah, it's it's actually uh, right up underneath the the soffit, and that's uh, part of the shaping that you guys are going to do when you come out. Right. I didn't so get we, to it this uh, this summer like I should have. So. Yeah, so I would probably take out at least half a dozen uh, watering cans full of water and just very, you know, um, just very slowly uh, work that area that uh, we get that water into the soil. Okay. Because um, when it does freeze, we want to make sure that those... <clears throat> Those, especially cedars, go into winter with that nice moist soil pack. Right. Yeah. Uh, around water the water well uh, going into the fall, but you know right. we've had so much nice weather that uh, I'm wondering if it's uh, if it needs another drink. Yeah, I think so. Um, just think, you know, um, cedars growing on the west coast. I mean, they just they love water, um, and uh, you probably in Calgary probably can't overwater that cedar. Yeah. So, okay. Um, anytime you can get uh, just. Watch it through the winter. If we yeah. get these now, I of, have uh, been doing that in, in the past years. Is you know when the, when the nice uh, Chinook weather comes around, I always take a, a bucket yeah. out. And, uh, and Good. Yeah, it's probably why you still have that cedar. Okay. Um, so. And it, it's facing west, so it gets a very uh, hard sun in the summer. And uh, okay. you know, right. So, uh, would I be wise to add a little bit of rage with that water? I wouldn't at this time. I mean, it's. <laughs> I did. I did rage it before, uh, you know, when I was uh, preparing it for winter. So, right. Um, so, you know, rage is excellent, and if you've done it up to the fall, I yep. would, um, I would leave that rage uh, just that's okay. in there right now, just to to do its job. Okay. But I wouldn't worry about adding rage plus to um, any outside plants right now. Okay. I appreciate that, Terry. All right. So uh, hopefully uh, it'll uh, welcome a little drink, and uh, you know, yeah. it's going to get cold now. So yeah, today's yeah. the perfect day to do that, Larry. Get out there, give it a good shot of water, like like Terry was saying. If it if it soaks in right away, you know that it's willing to take up some more, and uh, and will appreciate that and and get the moisture in there. So when it does get here really cold. It'll stay frozen there over those cold spells. Okay. Well, I appreciate uh, your advice, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing your arborist crew come out on the 13th, and uh, uh, everything should be fine, I hope. Absolutely. Yeah. No, you're in good hands with those boys. They'll do a good yeah, job. They'll take care so, of you. Yeah. Okay. We appreciate it. Awesome. We Thanks, Larry. Show, appreciate so it. You guys are uh, just uh, keeping us well informed. Yeah. Thank you so much. Cheers. Okay. You too. All right, take Bye care. Bye bye. Bye, Larry. All right. Um, again, if you if you want to join us, uh, we do have uh, one more caller on. I'll get to it right after the break. But if you want to join us um, for the second half of the show, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, we'd be more than happy to take your calls and or text if you would like. And nice thing with the text, um, you can send in pictures. And uh, Terry and I will be able to help uh, help you answer any of those questions that you might have. And again, that's 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. 
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're in our second hour, and I am here with Terry Kemper as well. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And we did get a text from Jennifer. She was asking about our mushroom kits. We still have two in stock right now, and uh, and Terry had uh, replied back to her text. And we will be fully stocked again with the Lion's Mane Blue Oyster and some Golden Oyster mushrooms this coming week. <clears throat> nice thing is they're fairly close, so they get chipped in. Again, another great Western Canadian product um, where we're, we're very proud to support. So uh, they'll be ready to go this week. Let's go to the phone lines, and we got Gene on the line. Good morning, Gene. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, how can we help you? Well, I turned the radio on halfway through your uh, explanation about the uh, nuts, and I was okay. just wondering if I missed anything. I've put some of those yellow uh, stickies in the pots, and I've uh, slowed down the watering. They seem to be less than they were a week ago, but boy, they sure drive you crazy. Yeah, when you get a little bit too much water going, <clears throat> Gene, um, and it, it always happens at this time of year because sometimes we continue to water, and then as our days get shorter, um, the plant is using a lot less and the soil is drying out a lot slower. Um, so what I would do, if what, those sticky things are great. Those will They trap the ones that are flying around. Um, but you also might want to just... I run a fork or a stick or something through the soil just to break okay. it up a bit, sort of like cultivating it a bit. Right. Um, that helps to dry out the top. Um, the other product that we're talking about, it, these are mosquito dunks. So these are things if you have standing water in your yard, you'll typically throw one of these in there. And it, uh, it gets rid of the, <clears throat> the eggs and that of the mosquitoes. And oh, okay. it... it it, it eliminates that. <clears throat> so the fungus gnats the same family. So what we do is we water. You put one of those in a in your, your watering can or half of one, depending on the size of your water can. And you kind of like make a mosquito dunk tea. I and then see. you water your plant with the mosquito dunk tea, and it it eliminates all the the fungus gnat eggs. So and then with a combination of less water. Yeah, uh, mosquito dunks. Yeah, we, we have a little package. We have separated. We put them in little Ziploc bags <clears throat> with a little instruction sheet on how to use it. And, uh, yeah, we have them right at the front counter at the store. Right. The, uh, these are – I had a uh, Dracaena that was right up to the ceiling, and I've cut it in three places, and uh, everything seems to be growing. They're putting out new sprouts, so – I just wondered yeah. uh, if it would, uh, if anything would that I put on would hurt, hurt the plants. No, nope, that'll that'll be totally fine, and that's the best oh. thing to do with Rudicina is to, if you just cut the cane, um, it'll typically send out three in that same spot. So if you just had one stem going straight up, typically if you do a cut, you'll get three will come out in a triangle, and uh, and you'll get three stems starting to grow upwards. So I, yeah. I would recommend doing that. 
I've uh, I've got two coming out of each one of the uh, stumps. Yeah, yeah. You usually get two or three, so that's that's. It sounds like it's doing the right thing. Okay. Well, thank you very uh, much for your help. Yeah. Thank you so much for calling, Gene. Really appreciate okay. it. Bye bye. Okay, take care. <clears throat> yeah, I know. I went through the the greenhouse the other day, and I was walking around with uh, Lisa and Jess, and uh, I I was doing a bit of snapping on the dracenas, or a couple of them that <laughs> got shredded. The tops were shredded. I think the bird or or something got into the tops of the dracena terry. So I was snapping the tops of the dragon trees off, and they're kind of Merle, you can't do that. <laughs> <And they're> like, <laughs> <snap. laughs> So, they don't know you. They anyways. don't know you well enough. <clears throat> yeah, I know. Of course, I can watch this. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, that's and uh, and I always enjoy. It. That's I, I like when I get to get into the greenhouse and uh, and help out and do a few things and uh, and show some people um, different techniques in the greenhouse and uh, and try and pass on some of my experience and things like that to to new people coming on and. Uh, and even some old people, you and I were in Chicago, and I, I remember that lady was all tangled up in her hose at a garden center. She was working. Yeah, I brought that up so I, the other day with Derek, and it was so funny because, yeah, we just <clears throat> happened into this garden center, and this lady was struggling with the hose. And, uh, yeah, you just jumped right in there, and uh, you couldn't help but give her a hand and uh, get her sorted and uh, and get that hose working right for her. So I just had to laugh. I think I have a few pictures of it. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I, I felt bad for for I just I always see people because once you know if you understand how to work a hose, people think it's very simple, but it isn't. Like if you haven't been shown or or haven't done it enough, a hose could be your worst enemy. Enemy, it could be like a it's like a snake, and if you have the if you have the water yeah, turned not... on full pressure, yeah, and and you have the hose closed, um, they don't cooperate, right? Like they don't nope. wrap or they don't do what you want them to do, so. I uh, always show people stretch them out, um, let the pressure off your water, and it'll roll up much nicer. Things like that. So, um, hopefully, that lady in Chicago, uh, beautiful garden center. If you any, anybody, if you go down there, a chalet garden center. Gorgeous, if you happen to yeah. stop by there, yeah, beautiful garden center. Um, hopefully, uh, her hose is wrapping up a little bit better for her now. <laughs> so I enjoy. Hopefully but she uh, something that day, yeah. Absolutely no, and that's uh, uh, I and I I learn something all the time. I pay attention when I'm out different garden centers, see how they do things, and say, "Hey, that's a great idea," or whatever you know. It's so it, it's it's always fun in our gardening world that uh, most people love to share what they're doing um, between garden centers. I know when you and I, if we stop in at a garden center, they always roll out the red carpet. We were up at the bluegrass in Red Deer. And uh, Kevin Mullaney up there, he took us for a, a tour of the whole place and uh, with open arms and kind of show us around. And I remember their team was down at our store uh, a couple years ago, and we do the same for them. So that's uh, the fun thing with our with our with our business and our little yeah. network of garden centers. We're we're always usually nice, willing uh, to to work together. Yeah, always nice to chat with those folks when they come in and. Uh, very, very giving. Yeah. Anytime we're there, we're, uh, we're never there, uh, you know, covert and, um, trying to sneak through or above board and we say, Hey, we have a garden center in Calgary, Alberta. And they just, yeah, like you say, roll up the carpet for you almost. Yeah. They want to, yeah, they want to show off, show their stuff and show how they do things. And, uh, 
and that's the fun part about it. And uh, and and same with gardening, and same with the show. Right? We have lots of people calling them, sharing their ideas on how to do things, and that's the fun part about it. But let's uh, see if we can get a couple more callers on the line. We're gonna take a break here in a sec. If you want to give us a shout, four zero three. Nine seven four eight two five five. That is the talk and text line. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by. <coughs> excuse me, spruce it up, calories Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered, and we do have a couple callers. But if you want to join us, phone lines are open four zero three. Nine seven four eight two five five. That is the talk and text line. But we're going to go to Carolyn. Good morning, Carolyn. Well, good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm doing great. How can we help you? Um, my canna lilies. I cut them off, and we actually the you know we went through the frost, and so but we took them out, and there is still a lot of soil on them that was kind of frozen around the bottom. So I. Yep. They were in the house sitting there, and now they've started to grow. And so I've got about three-inch shoots on these things, and I'm wondering, do I cut those off and when I put them away for the winter, or do I leave those growing shoots on there? Hey, Terry, what would you do with those? If it was me, I would try and get those. Um, <clears throat> I'd try to get them in the dark as quick as I could. Um, I wouldn't cut anything off at this point. Um, but uh, do you have a basement or a cool area that you could store well, those? I've, I've got them in an old cooler, and they're sitting in, in sawdust in an old cooler, so okay. they're packed away now, and so it okay. is it's dark in there, but I didn't cut the yeah. shoots off because I wasn't sure if I should. Yeah, I know with cannas, I've, I've seen that before, too, where um, if, you've, uh, if you've cut them apart, they almost look like you could replant them tomorrow and get them going again, but... Um, they will benefit from that period of, of dormancy. So I'd fight that urge to uh, to cut anything off at this point. Just um, <clears throat> I'd probably check them a time or two through the um, through the, the, the winter here. Uh, I certainly, uh, you said they're in a cooler? Yeah, I've got them in, a, in an old cooler in this. An old cooler? Okay. Yeah. All right. So hopefully that doesn't trap too much moisture um, in there. Um, if anything, I just that would be my biggest fear is that um, they're in there and they're, the, the roots. You said that you left the soil around the roots and it was quite dry when they went in. Yeah, well, I've, we've, I've shaken the soil off the roots now. Yeah, so that's all yeah. taken care of. Yeah, just I, I just watch it through the winter, make sure that it's not. Um, uh, if if anything, maybe break that uh, clump up. Because I know um, they can put on a tremendous amount of growth, um, the, the the root system can. So I might try breaking it up in maybe two or three pieces, just to make sure you don't get a lot of moisture trapped in there, especially if it's in a cooler, um, and not getting a ton of air circulation in there. Um, now, should and, should I take the lid off once in a while through the winter and let make sure that it dries out a bit? I, I would, yeah. Just I just would hate to have you have you know, uh, go down in March and check them, and they had rotted on you. That's all. That's my biggest concern. Okay. All right. That sounds yeah. good. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, just, in, just ensure it's nice and dry when they're going in there, and that yeah. definitely makes a big difference. And yeah, like absolutely. Terry was saying, get it, get into the cool right away, into the dark, and uh, get it into that dormant period. All right. Sounds real good. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. All right. Thanks, Carolyn. Take bye. care. Bye-bye.
Actually, I was meaning to ask if it was uh, Carolyn from Vernon. We Carolyn, we have a she calls in regularly and texts in. So I, I, I meant to ask that, and I forgot. But let's go to Sandy. Good morning, Sandy. Oh, hi. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Cal. Can we help you? Good morning. Good. good. How are got, you? I got my amaryllis out about a month ago. And okay. They've gone crazy with leaves. These leaves are like three feet tall, but no sign of any flowers. Um, unfortunately, you might not get flowers. It sounds um. What one thing that needs to happen, um, when you when you do put it to bed. So maybe you, so what you can do is let it go through its cycle here. Um, I would get some fertilizer. Get some fifteen thirty fifteen. And uh, give it a shot of fertilizer sort of every couple weeks here. Um, going into January, February sort of thing. And then this stop watering. If you do get a bloom, that'll be awesome. But I have a feeling you won't get a bloom because if you're getting all the leaves already, um, that tells me it's already, it doesn't have the phosphate in the bulb to produce the bloom. Okay. So what we got to do is try and help it. Re we got to regenerate the bloom. So by fertilizing it with like a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number, you're going to re re-energize that bloom and or the bulb to help produce blooms next season. So go through the cycle into like I said mid January, end of January, and then just stop watering it altogether and let it go dormant. And it'll just dry up, and then once it's all dried up, and the and the leaves are all brown, and that you can cut them off, stick it into a cool, dark place, sort of how you stored it this time. I'm assuming, mm -hmm, yeah. and uh, go through that cycle. It just for whatever reason, sometimes they don't download enough of the phosphate and that to to trigger that bloom. So we got to try and help regenerate it. Okay, sounds great. All right. Thanks very much. All right. Good Take luck. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, that's always a little bit frustrating, Terry, when you when you do go through all that work and you, you store it, you pull it up, and you're expecting to see it. And it's good to see some leaves come up. You think that's good. But on the amaryllis, if all you get is a whole bunch of leaves, um, that's typically telling me that it had too much nitrogen. Yeah, it just doesn't have the, the, the strength it needs in that bulb, uh, the stored energy it needs to, to, to bloom. So... Yeah, put yeah, it through sweet. another cycle. We'll hopefully uh, charge it up, and maybe she gets it uh, on the next on the next go. Yeah, and and if you're still listening, Sandy, and what you can do is even like I said, if you put it to bed in that January, um, beginning of February, sort of let it go dormant um, for eight to ten weeks or more. Um, you could always pull it up, try and do a cycle, see if it'll bloom for you for a summertime uh, amaryllis, which a lot of people do, grow it outside for a while and uh, and see if you get a bloom off it that way and then go into a dormant period again and uh, make sure you space it out at least that uh, 8 to 12 weeks before this Christmas period so that way you can get some blooms happening at this time of year. And and that's it's always about timing. And we've seen that when we were out, Terry, the different sizes of some of the guys growing poinsettias where some yeah. had the timing perfect and some were just off a bit and uh, yeah. it's, it's a tough one. So 
in, in just to ensure that you get uh, when when all these growers are growing these seasonal plants, it's it's not just plant it and then and it's going to bloom perfectly for for the beginning of December or whatever we think, yeah. right? <clears throat> There's a lot of timing and and temperature and lighting that they work on um, to get it going. Like I know a poinsettia, you start them in August and a lot of it is they need that darkness, proper watering, um, some growth retardants as well to keep them from growing too quick. Lots of pinching. Um, there's a lot of work that goes into that poinsettia when you see it um, in, in the store finally at, uh, like I said, end of November, December here, you see all those beautiful poinsettias. Like I said, yeah. they've been growing them to get them to that since August. From you know, a realize cutting, there's like so. four and five months worth of work into that plant by the time you see it. So I know it's crazy. And, uh, <clears throat> and that's why I know a lot of retail garden centers aren't growing their own product. We have partners that grow for us. Because the buildings and the way you grow is totally different than the retail setting. Um, and you need to control the lights. If we had to have darkness and then our stores open, it's really hard to keep them dark. Um, so so that's where we, we have partners that we grow with. And, uh, and the space utilization, like they have rolling benches. So they use every square inch of their greenhouse to grow like where we need room for people to walk with shopping carts all the stuff so it's two different types of business and that's um our whole industry has figured that out really quite well where there's a lot of growers and then the retail garden centers do the do that part so we have guys that grow with us but we work very closely with them year-round terry right like because you're we're in touch with them showing them what we want to grow they get the seed we we grow together we let them know what kind of pots so it's a it's a great partnership. So it's uh, yeah. Even though it's it's quiet right now, like you know, um, I'm in constant contact with uh, uh, our growers <clears throat> still on, on kind of a weekly basis, having different chats about different things for the coming year. Um, and um, yeah, so there's lot, lots of work going on in the background that that people just don't see. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And we got a, a couple texts here that we'll see if we can help out. We got a couple minutes left before the break. Um, hi, this is Patricia. Where can I find potted tarragon? I know we have a few herbs in, um, and we will try to get more in coming up. I'm not sure, Terry, maybe if Jess, if you're listening, maybe send me a text. Let me know what herbs we have in stock right now. Uh, I know we had a, a, a lady in yesterday looking for some, and we sent her to the back of the greenhouse where our herbs are. Um, at this time of year, they're in a transition. Transition um, that a lot of the growers have gone through, and they're just getting the a lot of the herbs ready. And this time of year is the hardest to grow herbs because of the short days. So they'll really come on when we get sort of closer past the 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 shortest day of the year here coming up in December. Once we get past that, the days get a little bit longer. The herbs will grow and be a lot more vibrant. This time of year, sometimes they're a little bit leggy, and they just don't do that well at this time of year, and you get a lot of fungus gnats and different things in that type of thing. Anyways, we are going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join us, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to 
Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am with Terry Kemper. And it was Carolyn from Vernon, so uh, thank you for texting me. Let me know, and it was good to hear from you. And uh, thanks for always joining in. I appreciate it. Let's go to the phone line. We're going to go to Connie. Good morning, Connie. Hello. Hi there. Hi. Good morning. How can we help you, Connie? I, I'm just I'm just curious to know. Some folks say that we can add something to the water if you choose to use the real tree for Christmas. What can we add into the water to keep the needles from falling? I I know there's all kinds of <clears throat> different theories on it. Um, we do recommend that like, we have a Christmas tree preservative, and it's it's a product that opens the capillaries in the trunk of the tree to keep it drinking water. It's very similar to what they use when you get fresh cut flowers. Um, so this you add into the water, and a good seven foot tree can drink up to a liter to two liters a day. And it's really important the first couple weeks to ensure, like when you get it home, if you're not going to set it up right away, is don't uh, don't make a fresh cut until you're about to set it up. So when you're going to set it up, make a fresh cut. Um, that opens up a nice fresh um, cut on the bottom of the trunk so it can soak up the water. Get it into the tree stand in the house. Um, ensure that you have lots. I always use warm water the first few times too when I'm adding it. Just It seems to loosen the sap up, gets it able to drink. And and then I use the the tree preservative. Um, uh, I think it's one's called Stay Fresh. There's a few different ones, um, and ours. I think the one we have this year is called Keep It Green. Did you say um, Stay Fresh? Yeah, Stay Fresh or Keep It Green. Have any clue where to find Stay Fresh? <laughs> yeah, we have um, we have it down at Spruce It Up. If you're near us, um, you should you be able anything, to find it. Most. Do you have anything in the Lacombe area? Actually, we don't. But there's. In Lacombe, I guess you're close to Red Deer, right? Yes, Somewhat. but I'm more close to Lacombe. <laughs> okay, yeah, in I'm not too sure who's... anything. Yeah, wherever they have Christmas trees, they might have some of the, the preservative. They're going to sell it there. And you call it Stay Fresh. Yeah, Stay Fresh, or or they might have a different brand. Just ask for a Christmas tree preservative, um, and you add it to the water. I know people used to add 7-Up or or Sprite or something like that, or sugar. Um, there's all kinds of different uh, Is that what Stay Fresh on... is? It's mostly sugar? No, no, it's oh. a product that is, it's it's made to keep the the capillaries open. So it's, oh, okay, it's, okay. And is yeah. it true that one should uh, slant the cut when you cut them, slant it? Um, no, you don't need to do that. I've uh, I've never really done that. It makes it a lot of times harder to stand in the stand. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. Yeah, so I, I've always just done a, fl a flat cut, okay. and my trees have always soaked up lots of water. But it's just really important make the fresh cut just before, and don't let it go empty for the first. And and some of the days when you first set up a tree, like I said, they can drink a liter to two liters a day easily. Um, Is it such so a thing just as keeping it too wet, and the water goes no, bad. No, not really. No, if okay. if it's not drinking water, it will do that because. If it just sits there and it never uses it up, um, you'll you'll know. And then at that point, it, it's it's a tough one either to pull it out and try and make a fresh cut, or yeah, okay. you or you live with uh, just letting it 
do its thing for the time being and you know you're going to have a, a short life on it. But if you get a good fresh cut tree, um, do the fresh cut, get water on it right away. A tree like that should last uh, right through the Christmas season, no problem. Have you ever heard of Miracle Grow Christmas trees? I have some of that, but it doesn't seem to yep. work so well. Yeah, um, I have seen it. Um, I, I don't typically bring in much of the Miracle Grow products. Okay. I find they are a little bit less superior okay. than yeah, some of I'm the other products. Too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, they, they do make one as well and it's probably better nothing yeah, um but even not if great. you if you go to a flower shop or something if you get some of their flower preservative you can mix that into the water as well okay um, that would work as well if you can't find something um so, with the uh, fresh water stuff. food will work too yep fresh no, flower yep. fresh water food fresh flower food yep absolutely okay okay well thank you so much for your help then sir thanks connie okay take yep, care bye. Bye-bye. And uh, I love going into Lacombe. It's a great little town. Um, I believe it's the one, if I'm not mistaken, with a – I think it has a lot of the sandstone buildings, doesn't it, Terry? Do you know? Um, I couldn't tell you. I'm not – I usually uh, – yeah. so uh, such a rush to get up to Edmonton um, that I usually track by Lacombe. But one of these days I should um, I should take the back. Yeah, venture off into Lacombe. They have check, some really nice – yeah, sandstone buildings, and even some of the houses have the sandstone walls and stuff. So it's uh, it's pretty nice to see, and uh, if you love looking at old buildings. So if you get a chance, stop by and uh, and and stop in to visit Lacombe. Why not? And uh, on your way up, I Terry, I know you say you're always that. in a rush to get you're yeah. in a rush to get home from Edmonton. But there, <laughs> take your time going up. Maybe stop in Lacombe. <laughs> Okay, you're going to get some trouble. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to join us after the break, phone lines are be wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. If you'd like to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And uh, Karen just sent us a text. It is starting to snow in Thorncliffe. So the snow is starting in the north side of the town. So I'm sure it'll be coming across the city here soon. And uh, another text, one of the comment on the area downtown Lacombe. Beautiful downtown with lots of murals on the side of the buildings. Ah, that's awesome. So if you get a chance, stop by. Take a selfie, hashtag it uh, Lacombe, and uh, <laughs> give them a little bit of love, eh, Terry? That's right. So next time you go up to Edmonton, I'm going to expect to see uh, a hashtag uh, Lacombe on your in on your Instagram. Okay. <laughs> okay. I got home. Right. <laughs> absolutely, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, um, do you grow any uh, do you grow any seeds or anything over the winter? Like, do you do anything greens or any of that stuff um, throughout the winter? Typically, I don't. Um, I'm sort of. Uh, <clears throat> I really enjoy that winter uh, break. Just I guess from the the kind of work we do, and we're we're just going yep. uh, full bore. But uh, I do have uh, plans this year 
Uh, <clears throat> I touched on it last week there to, to do some to, some things this winter that um, I want to that I want to try out. So um, I'm I'm setting myself a, not a challenge but a, a to do list uh, for this year to to try some. Yeah, especially when you see the price of a of a head of lettuce. Um, I think they've come back down to somewhat a little bit normal. I seen the head of lettuce the other day was like four ninety nine or three hundred nine, so it's sort of getting back to normal. Um, for a while there, they were saying it was like nine dollars. So um, yeah, that's- so it kind of gets you. But um, but if you are growing your own food, a lot of times it it isn't a whole lot cheaper though. But it is fresh. And uh, unless you start growing out some larger quantities, I always there's always that one gardening meme that uh, you'll see. This is the best two hundred dollar tomato I've ever had, right? <laughs> yeah, um, I I did my early gardening career in Calgary. Um, I was super keen, and I'd set up a cold frame, um, and it actually allowed me to get into the garden um, months sooner. And uh, yeah. So while people were, you know, just starting to plant, um, you know, their seeds in, in May, I was already growing and harvesting, um, you know, some of those cool weather crops like spinach comes to mind um, that yeah. I had in there. So, it, you know, gardening doesn't have to, you know, um, we don't have to take a, necessarily a, a six-month hiatus. I mean, we can do some things here. Um but it just takes a little bit of investment in that. Uh, like I say, it was a cold frame. It was just a, uh, a plan I found, and I built. I think I built it out of recycled material, so it doesn't have to cost huge dollars um, nope. to get you out in the garden a little bit sooner. But um, I, I might, I might try and um, do some of that um, this. Uh, Even late using winter. the clamshells that when you buy strawberries or blueberries. Fill it halfway up with some soil. You can get some of those microgreens. You kind of get a little miniature greenhouse um, that you can even start a lot of your seeds um, yeah. in True those enough, little clamshells. Perfect little they have good. Yeah, they have good drainage, all that stuff. So, yeah. Um, and and Brian shared something with us. I think very very generous, and he's got a snowman on sale. Um, unassembled snowman in his front yard. You just got to come shovel the snow into a pile. <laughs> And uh, so <laughs> that's Brian and Air and Airdrie. So I, I appreciate that. And uh, that is good. It's very similar to the meme that you see when um, you see a pile of sticks and it says, "I I just bought some furniture at IKEA." <laughs> <laughs> so very similar. So those are always always good little fun things. Um, <clears throat> looking forward to to the gardening season. It goes quick as we go through this type of this time of year. But if you're going to do any of your house plants, it's a really good time to start evaluating, looking at your house plants as well. Um, any of the dead wood on them? Do they need transplanting? Things like that. Um, it's it, this is a great time of year to do that because they're they're not really growing aggressively, so they're not going to um, get into a bunch of shock or it's not 30 degrees out. So if you're transplanting it and drying out, so they're kind of calm right now. So I, I find it's a it's a good time to transplant, and you, your trees are kind of in their mellow zone right now. They're just kind of sitting; they're not aggressively doing a whole lot. So right now is a great time to uh, to transplant. Do that little bit of trimming if you have some branches that have gone crazy on your jade or 
or whatever, it's it's a good time to to do a little bit of shaping. Um, I find propagating. If you want to do some cutting back, if you have those geraniums in your house, cut them back about twenty five percent at this time of year, and uh, and then fertilize them, transplant them as well at this time. And then once they get going into January, February, you'll start seeing lots of new growth on there. And that those are the where you're going to take some nice cuttings off of your geraniums at that time, rather than trying to to do it in these low light days because. Um, Jerry, they just don't seem to, they won't take as quick and you see a lot more rot off than you do, um, when you get into the longer days, when you're doing your, if you're doing any kind of propagation, your, your geranium cuttings or any of that kind of thing. Right. Um, all right. And if you'd like to join us after the break, um, we will have time to take a couple calls. Uh, phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And we are going to go right to the phone lines. <coughs> Excuse me. We are going to go to Judy. Good morning, Judy. Hi, good morning. I was just wondering, um, I bought a house that has a tree in the backyard, an apple tree. It's been there for 50 years. And I've always gotten it pruned and it had a blight. And I had the blight cut off and this year um the person that pruned it cut a big limb off and in the center of the limb it was really soft so i'm wondering okay. is that tree like it is 50 years old it's apple tree um it's been relatively okay up until this year there was hardly any apples and i'm really worried i might have to get rid of it and i hate to because it's got good apples for apple pie Okay. Um, is it like is it still soft in the middle right now, or is it dried mm -hmm. up and healed? Oh, yeah. Well, actually, I don't know because when he cut that big limb off, and it was um, like maybe twelve inches, maybe ten inches wide, I, I sprayed it with. Uh, I went and got some tree spray for after. Okay, cream. not the black stuff though, right? Or yes, it's black. Okay, yeah, you don't want to use that, I'll be honest. Um, oh, I already know. So what I would do is that tree tar is sometimes the worst stuff you can put on your tree. Oh. And I know, I, I know we sell for certain things because suddenly it doesn't let it heal. And most trees, when they're pruned properly, they don't need anything over top of them because it'll oh. just heal over properly. Um, and if you are doing a big wound, there's a product called Lac Balsam. It's a bark replacement. So on a big tar like that, I myself would probably go and scrape that off if you could. Oh. Even on a day like today, um, it's going to be still decently warm. Um, I would try to scrape that off. Yeah. So go out, scrape it off today and just let it heal. Maybe put a little bit of a like a copper spray or something like a fungicide on there just to, just to let it heal over. Terry, any thoughts on that? Um, and, and it is, it's still soft. I just, I'm outside now, so. Yeah. Okay. I, I missed at the front end of your call. Um, when you had somebody come out and do that, were they a certified arborist? Yes. They were. He okay. Told me, okay. Yeah, he, he said, he said, it, um, because it's got two more. <laughs> this tree is very, really sad looking. It's only got, it's like a letter Y. It's only got like two major big 
big uh, arms, okay. <laughs> Branch, branches, but it's really oh. peeled. It's been it's had blight a lot, so it's just basically looking like the letter Y. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. okay. All right. Um, I, I would almost like you're probably going to get maybe a few more years out of it. Um, but I would I would take the tar off. I would put a, like a copper spray or something on there, okay. and just keep pruning as you are. I'm <laughs> getting done. Get it thinned out or whatever you need to do. Um, oh, feed it with fifteen thirty fifteen. And uh, and this you're gonna it's gonna have a it's gonna have a limited lifespan at yeah. this point too. It sounds like it's going. It through. sounds like it. It's yeah, bit, gets that blight in it. it. It's it's a tough go on them after that. Yeah, it's so sad. I these, the people when I bought the property, they said they gave us the deal on the property. I've had it for ten years, and they said, "Can we still come and get apples off the tree?" <laughs> so they they yeah. didn't get any this year, but previous years they did. But yeah, yeah so just yeah. evaluate it, keep feeding it until it gets to a point. You might want to plant another one or two apples close by, um, oh. sort of like a generation to take over, and uh, <laughs> and then when that one's ready to go. Um, you'll have a couple more coming up behind it. Won't be so traumatizing to have a Absolutely. The yard, yard with no tree. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So Thanks, that was. Judy. Um, yeah. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 All right. We're gonna go to Ron real quick. Good morning, Ron. Good morning. Uh, I'm up in How University could... Heights, and uh, there's snow falling here too. Oh, nice. Uh, my this summer. I got a small patch on my lawn that the one side of the blades had a white sort of coating on them. I sprayed it with a mixture of baking soda and water, but that didn't seem to stop it. And eventually it covered my entire lawn. I'm wondering what I can do this winter or early spring to stop it from happening again. Yeah, it sounds like you probably had a bit of that snow mold. So in the early spring what i would do is just do a really good like mow it down give it a power rake um give it a good fertilizer like a green it up lawn fertilizer <clears throat> just get it on there and just watch when you're watering and maybe just keep it cut a little bit lower um that should make a, a big difference as well ah uh, okay all right yeah I, yeah I i had your guys come and put the uh the lawn fertilizer the on up. Yeah, three okay. times uh, last year. Good. And did it thicken up nicely for you? It it did. It made me have to mow it more often than I was used yeah. to. Yeah, but then you just have to go, if you get it a little bit shorter, um, and then that'll help. Um, and this water more early in the morning, and maybe not, I'm not sure when you're watering at night. You just don't want too much of the water sitting on there that can create some of that powdery mildew or that uh, snow mold on there. Uh, okay, we'll give it a try. So, uh, all right, thanks. First thing this spring. Thanks. Thanks, Ron. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right. Well, thanks, Terry. Um, all right. I think we're we're done here for today. These couple hours went by. Thanks for everyone for participating. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Canada did too well today. So, um, anyways, too bad for them. Un unfortunately, but we will get our garden on right here next week on seven seventy CHQR.